0: Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week we travel to Belarus.
1: Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. Second Cherry is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we take you through a different country's national final And pick the cherry that we think deserves a second chance. A second bite of the cherry.
0: Mm, Yes, and at the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites. And at our live event, we crown the winner of the second cherry song contest. Hi, Monty. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm good this week. How's you?
1: Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Very well.
0: Yeah, it's been... um... Turn of the... We'll go to weather at the moment, don't we? Because it's so important to <laughs> us, Brits. Very There's <laughs> been, been a turn in the weather. And then... All the chillblains are playing <laughs> up again as
1: well.
0: But yeah, so but yeah, we've had some response to our recent episodes, as we've been talking about in the recent episodes. And so I just want to jump into the mailbag, because there is a little bit that's been sent to us this week. <laughs> so first of all, um, we've had a message back from David... If you remember, he's messaged us last year and this year and and was one of our listeners that decided that uh, Horizon, the song that we picked for Ukraine, Ukrainian Cherry, was a song that he actually liked. He agreed with our Jody. So um, I didn't delete his email.
1: <laughs>
0: but he writes in response to Portugal, though. So he just said, hey, chaps, a quick one this week. Love the Portugal episode. I wasn't crazy about any of the Portuguese entries, but after your insight, I look forward to re-watching it again with a different perspective. David.
1: That's really nice. I really like the fact that when you go back and review something after the event, you do actually find quite a lot that's there to enjoy that. You maybe missed the first time. I actually find this, I'm in a book group and I find this with my book group as well, even if I haven't enjoyed the book so much. The discussion about the book always brings a different perspective. So I hope that that, in a way, is a little bit of what we can bring to Second Cherry on the podcast as well.
0: Mm. There's always there's always something that I change my mind over. I'm never so stuck with what I, what I know, what I think I know. And yeah, this this doing this podcast has really opened my eyes to it. actually you can, your opinion can change about something. You can oh, just yeah. just view it in a different mood, a different light, a different mm-hmm. time. Suddenly, the song changes. Mm-hmm. Indeed. There you go.
1: Now, David's not the only person that we've heard from uh, as well. I have to say, I have been sitting on this for a while. and I forgot to tell you about it, Matt. <laughs> so apologies to Lisa Jane Lewis, who wrote in. Well, not only wrote in, she's actually physically posted in. And it's not just a brief note. It's a present for us both as well. What? Yes. She says, My dearest Monty, saw this fabric and thought of you. Big thanks to you and Matt for my weekly dose of cherries. Please pass this on to Matt when you see him. Love, yikes and fuegos <gasps> Lisa J Lewis. Well, the fabric is only cherry fabric oh my god and she has made the accessory du jour out of it <laughs> for a spell she's made the cherry fabric into face masks oh my god <laughs> it's so good thank you so much lisa that is these are amazing and lisa j i really apologize for not because i've had these for a few weeks and i've been meaning to contact you and thank you and also meaning to pass it on to matt and every time I've seen them, I've forgot to do it. So apologies for the for my tardiness. Uh, but we've got there in the end. These really are fabulous. We are going to take some photos of us in these face masks and pop them up on our socials for you. So do have a look out for them after the podcast. Yeah, and Lisa,
0: she actually um, came to the live show last year and wearing a very That's right. beautiful cherry dress actually so this is just yeah this is Lisa Jane on on good form thank Absolutely. you so much That's what
1: so... that girl can't do with a bit of cherry fabric eh yeah there you mm-hmm. go <laughs> Chock straps next <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, hi Lisa can I have
0: a harness can I have a uh, jock yeah. <laughs> and a butt plug <laughs> yeah why not you know pop your cherry in style eh <laughs> Oh my God, let's please move on really quick. Uh, so, <laughs> where are we, Monty? Where are We're we? We're in
1: Belarus. And, well, it's not just our eyes that are turning to Belarus. It's actually the world's eyes at the moment because mm. they've had a recent election which has been disputed. And, of course, the world's eyes have been looking at what's happening in the fallout. More of that later. But first, let's take a look at Belarus's history in the Eurovision Song Contest.
0: Yep. so Belarus have been participating at Eurovision since 2004 and ever since. Now, uh, apart from one sixth place in 2007, it hasn't been great for them. I've got to say, they've either not qualified for the Saturday night final, or they have scored very low on that scoreboard on the Saturday night grand final.
1: They've but, actually qualified fewer times than they've not qualified. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but... A great track record.
0: No. But I have to say, this does belie the fact that they have sent some brilliant songs and entries. And I just want to mention Soleo with Aliona Lanskaya. It is a perfect Euroclub song. Every time it comes on, if you want to know where I am at any given moment in the Euroclub and, and you hear this song, you look to the dance floor because I love it.
1: So gay. No, so so gay. <laughs> <laughs> and and she came out of that marvellous <sighs> glitter ball. Give the gays what they want, please. <laughs> thank you. From the last dictatorship in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of the poorest human rights records, <laughs> yes,
0: but she, yeah, yeah, that was very gay, though. So oh, got oh, she's so amazing, and then also fan favorite Navi Band and Story of My Life. That was a that's that's kind of become a bit of a, a known Belarus song,
1: which didn't do well, but bloody should have. Well, I'm actually featured in that song because I managed to get into the performance <laughs> on camera, I think in both the semi-final and the final, <laughs> certainly in the semi-final, people spotted me there. So have a look at the performance of that on YouTube. And towards the end, you will see me flailing around doing my dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Looking gay, so gay, oh, so gay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sober, of, And of
0: course, Belarus are actually double Second Cherry winners. They have two in a row, actually. What entries have won for them?
1: Well, in 2004 and 2005, the last two years we did Second Cherry before we took a break, they won. They did the double um, back-to-back. Via Latia in uh, 2014 by Elena Snyavskaia. And Accent by Milky in 2015.
0: Yeah, there you go. We had a, a little montage of previous Cherry winners at the live show last year. Probably might do the same again this year, who knows. Wow, you
1: no. can
0: say. So I suppose they are... There's one other country that's won
1: twice in second Cherry, isn't there?
0: Did I... Um, Spain? No, no,
1: two other countries actually. Of have te- have, um, the ten winners that we had at the time, Spain did the double in 2007 and 2008 with La Reina de la Noche by Mirella and La Revolución Sexual by La Casa Azul. Um, and then Norway did the double in 2012 and 2013. High on Love by Raiden Seither and Bombo by Adelaide in twelve and thirteen, And then the double by Belarus in 13, in. 14 and 15.
0: So, we have to have a double. So, obviously, Dave, David Axelwood in Ukraine is going to win this year. Well, there you go. <laughs> Let's go home now. <laughs> oh, I am home.
1: <laughs>
0: so, before we move on to the national final rundown, I want to ask you, Monty, what's your favourite Belarusian entry?
1: Well, it's difficult for me to pick one, really. I think there's something in the fact that they've only come sixth once that is indicative of that a lot of the songs are there about but not there Mm. so I think there's a lot of songs that are a little bit wanting in some way but there's just some glorious entries that they've had the very first one "My Galileo or my Galileo (laughs) Um, I mean I defy anybody to listen to that and be able to identify what language she's singing. <laughs> <laughs> really really strange entry from uh, from their for their for their debut. But then you you had Angelica Agrobash with Love Me Tonight the following year. You know, some rich pop star bankrolled by whoever just turning up expecting to win and she just didn't make it to the final. A triple costume change oh within God. the song as well. I mean everything in the kitchen sink absolutely glorious and then of course you had butterflies where you know the the three female singers came on and opened their butterfly wings <laughs> I, was like, I mean quite a moment i mean how can you forget that and um i mean that sixth place one as well work your magic by um, dimitri kuldoon um who you know, the the love child of Princess Diana, <laughs> very much alike. And actually, he was one of the judges in this year's Belarus final as well. So more of him uh, in a moment. But yeah, I think there's an interesting thing. I think they have flown under the radar um, a little bit. Though. I th- I don't think there's many of their entries that actually, you know, deserve to get a top 10 and clearly only one of them has, mm.
0: but they have had some great entries, even though. Oh,
1: absolutely! I mean, you know, great entries sometimes because you know of uh, the ridiculousness of them. A bit like Alex saves forever, you know, with that re- preposterous um, stage show where he's shooting an arrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous, but yeah, absolutely love them. And yep, yeah, don't don't forget, check out Navi Band. And CB.
0: Yes, indeedy. So let's jump into the national final then. It was held on February the 28th at Belarus Film in Minsk. And the winner was chosen by 50% Televote, 50% Expert Jury. Final had 12 songs. But, guys, there was an audition stage of 49 songs. And if you think that I sat through every single 49 entry in order to make this podcast... You're absolutely right. I did. And and I can tell you, I love you, dear listeners. If we have a Belarusian episode next year, I will not be doing that again. Okay? <laughs> because it was painful. Although, although it was very raw. There's a very, it's beautiful and bonkers. And you just get to see some of the, the raw talent coming through. I joke, do go back and watch it. There is a bit of a, a recap on YouTube if you look for it. So, do go back because you'll just see some of the stuff you just miss out on.
1: I know that we keep mentioning and doing a plug for Roy Delaney and his site Eurovision Apocalypse but it does feel as though the Belarus auditions round mm. which is what that really is mm. is just complete feeder material for his site which highlights the absurd <laughs> Eurovision. This The audition stage is the stage that Daz Sampson yeah. um, appeared in a couple of years ago and I mean, just bizarre. I mean, to, of all the artists to to turn up there. There was actually a, a documentary on Daz Samson and his. it it wasn't just framed around the attempt to get to Belarus, but it was one of the the sort of the timing mechanisms around the documentary. Yeah. And it's actually fascinating. It really is a fascinating mm. documentary.
0: I've not seen that yet because it I kind of it rushed me up the wrong way a little bit. Yeah, I should really. Yeah,
1: I I actually came away with more respect for him than I had given him previously, based on his UK entry for two thousand and six. But yeah, the glory of the Belarus audition round—it's something else. It is literally them just standing and performing on stage. So yeah, it's quite you know, a static setup, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I didn't bother to watch the forty nine. I just jumped in once the uh, the twelve shortlisted songs had appeared.
0: But yeah, so we did get a winner though of this national final and it was Val with their song Davidna. And of course, Monty, I'm going to ask you, did the right song win this national final?
1: Do you know, at the time, I didn't think it did. But actually, as the season went on, which wasn't very long as it happened, (laughs) um, I really started to like this. There's something about it I really, really relate to. It just feels really nice as a piece of music. So I have to say that, you know, my initial um, reactions where I completely dismissed this... I was wrong. It's a really cracking little song. I don't know if it would have qualified, but I would have liked to have seen it qualify. I think it was worthy of it.
0: They seem like the sort of people that, once they had flown into Rotterdam, would embrace the whole experience. Oh, absolutely. They seem pretty cool guys. I agree with you. I think it was the right song. And no, it wouldn't have qualified necessarily. But we don't really care about that. Um, Because...
1: It is, yes, a decent song. It was, of course, nobody's first choice because of the vagaries of the system, again, Mm. where you had a jury um, vote which was converted into a set of Eurovision points and the Televote, which was converted into a set of Eurovision points. And Davidna, by Val, came second in both counts. So it's but one of those she did things-
0: a, They did a, a Jamala, basically. What we call a Jamala. Yes, <laughs> absolutely.
1: But also, I think it's, you know, this is very common in the, the system. It often forces through a compromise vote, mm. which is neither the public's favourite nor the jury's pick. And I think that's really interesting. So... Whether it, I don't know. It just feels a little bit unfair to me when you've only got two sets of points. The ability of you know one set of votes to completely skew the other, it is massive. So I'm not, I'm not always sure I'm that comfortable when the public vote, the public choice loses out. Mm. The jury was made up of nine people, and there were some very familiar. Bases in there um, some as Eurovision performers like Dimitri Koldun who we mentioned earlier on Zena the Belarusian entry for 2019 um, Alex Panay the um, performer and vocal coach for Cyprus and we also had people who were associated with the contest like Tali Eshkoli from Israel. Um, and also William Adams from Blocks, again on the jury there. So a mixed bag really of jurors and they um, awarded points which were converted into the 12, 10, 8 etc. We'll tell you what won the jury vote and what won the public vote as we go through and listen to the selections that we've highlighted for you. <music> So the first song that we've chosen to highlight tonight was actually the opener of the show. It's Don't Let Me Down by Napoli.
0: Now, I want to point out, first of all, that this song is co-written by Will Taylor and Michael James Down, I think, who are perennial um, Eurovision songwriters. They submit songs all the time, every year. So it's always nice to look out for these people and see what they submit in what countries and for who, because I think they have written for Napoli before. Mm -hmm. Between them, they have written for Sergei Lazarev. Sara Alto Samantha Tina, so there's there's Eurovision chops. these guys have been doing it for a while now and I'd love love to get them to Eurovision and interview them and have them on the podcast maybe mm-hmm. Michael if you're listening, Get on the podcast, mate.
1: Yay. I love Michael. I met Michael in Oslo 10 years ago when he was a little ingenue to the Eurovision scene. And it's just really nice to see him blossoming into, you know, somebody well-known within the fandom. Actually, some of the stuff that Michael's written for Sergei Lazarev on one of his recent albums, cracking. Mm. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. It's really nice to see that success.
0: Yeah, I always sort of fingers crossed when I see the name Mm. pop up. But back to the song. This is... It's trippy staging, what I call trippy. And when I say trippy, it's because there are two dancers and they are wearing attire, which I could only describe as there's a headpiece which covers their face. So there's two of them. One of them is like oversized lips and the other one is like this eyeball face thing. So it's quite like you're on drugs. It's an assault of colour. It's just—it's almost like the graphics person has just downloaded some downloadable content and gone. Yes, all of the above, (laughs) and it's just like this, then this, and this. It's crazy colors, um,
1: but content from one of those quite early computer graphics packages.
0: Yeah, like like it's made from a spirograph or something.
1: But there is something quite surreal about it. There's something of that kind of surrealist um tradition in, in in that. They're also wearing. Sort of a half of a checkered jacket each, so they're standing next to each other, and it looks like to start they've got one big jacket on across the two people. Yeah. Um, although it's not; it's just the way it's a it's a Trump-l'oeil jacket <laughs> <laughs> made to just give that effect.
0: And because they're connected like throughout the whole song and most of the song with these f- um, fluorescent green ribbons, which matches the fluorescent green of um, Napoli's one piece suit thing, and I suppose. I think that the staging, they got it wrong. So let's just sweep that. Uh, Because the song itself, I really like this. Vocally, I think she's a bit ropey in places and in the chorus she picks it up. But I like this sort of dance. It's almost like a electro dance carnival beat to the song. I really like that type of beat. That's very current. Yeah, I just kind of make, I think it's, it was purposely picked as a show opener. I think it was kind of a really good vibe. And I think it's a solid song. The guys have done really well with this.
1: Yeah. It's interesting, the vocal performance. I think she sounded like, you know, she was a bit out of breath. Mm. i wondering maybe she needed the benefit of James Newman's last breath <laughs> <laughs> to keep her going. And I thought, you know... It, it, the vocal performance is almost like she's not sung the song before the night. I mean, I don't know how much rehearsal they had, but yeah, it's a, I, it's a nice pop song. I, I do like it. The, I think it's a little bit overkilled by the presentation of it um, there's so much to look at and it's so arresting that it almost takes your attention away from the song and I'm immediately suspicious of something that's doing that Yeah. <laughs> what have you got to hide uh, Napoli though has uh, been around um, since 2012 and has actually been in every Belarus national finals since 2014 mm. um, originally a three piece it's now a solo project by um, Olga Shemanskaya there were two of the members. One of whom died in a car crash, actually, not long after oh, no. they were formed. Uh, but now it's a it's a solo project um, by Olga since uh, twenty fifteen. So it's like the the name of the project. she, yeah. she um, works. On. Yeah, I, I do did like it. There was some limp fireworks towards <laughs> the end. <laughs> I think characteristic of this national final. Actually, the the the, the pyro was there in spirit, but not in fierce...
0: Yeah, Limp Fireworks sounds like a few of my
1: dates. (laughs) But yeah, it's a it's a good solid song and you know it's certainly something that once you've seen it, you'll not forget it.
0: And so on to song two, and that is Rocky Road by Sasha Zaharik.
1: Well, that's a jaunty little number, isn't it? Did you get the words? The the rocky road. Yeah. Repeated (laughs) throughout the song. Um, The this is an interesting presentation as well um, because she's. It's not so much what she's doing on stage; it's what's happening behind her on the backdrop, and it's especially film video segment of her with sort of you know chalk graphics around her, and talk pictures around her. So there's all manner of um, things going on. She's climbing the stairs. She's being blown off the stairs <laughs> by a big gust of wind. She's playing the piano. She's playing drums. She's playing guitar. She's, you know, you name it, she can play it. She's falling. She's spinning. She's an astronaut. She's left this world, you know. But all the time, she's stumbling along that rocky road of the, the lyrics. And we don't forget that her road is rocky because... It's a very repeated lyric throughout the whole song. And I have to say it got on my tits. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's something that could have been done here, but yeah, it's a lot of style over substance. And yeah, it's frankly a bit awful, I think.
0: It's weird that it's a rocky road. And obviously rocky road means like, you know, disastrous things are going bad, going south. But she's smiling throughout. I mean, the, she's smiling. Well, she's
1: getting through all of the obstacles. <laughs> you know. She's not determined by being blown off her stairs. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that background backdrop that she's got going on is like an advert for hay fever tablets or... The latest cloud-based storage software.
1: (laughs) It's very. It is. It's one of those like abstract looks. Yeah. Go with anything, and you're a little bit puzzled as to what it's selling at the end. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's totally that. Look, it's catchy. It's a little bit feel good. I don't know why Rocky Road is, but it's kind of feel good. But it's just a bit
1: meh. Didn't make me feel very good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you didn't take the hay fever tablets that she well, was selling. absolutely. So.
1: It is catchy as hell, though. I will say that it's annoyingly catchy. Yeah. Because you kind of find yourself tapping along. And I found myself singing it on the balcony earlier on. Before, <laughs> you were. Before we recorded the song. And I'm like, how am I singing? <laughs> you know, it's like when one of those songs gets stuck in your head and... It can't get out and it really frustrates you. I once had, for three solid weeks, stuck in my head, the Teddy Bears Picnic, which is a children's song in the UK. And it's really bloody annoying. And yeah, this is that kind of thing. It's a bit of an earworm and it's one of those earworms that isn't really that pleasant to have. As an earworm. Yes, of course. Yeah. Moving along. <laughs> Song three is called "Fire" and it's by Jan Yarosh.
0: So, Monty, this came second place, equal second place, actually, with with a song that we will talk about in a minute. But I really like this vocal because it's it's quite a breathy, uh, gravelly, breathy slash gravelly. And often I find that that can be quite great in. When it's not in a big rock number, this is a bit more pared back, so it, it can be quite great in. And I find it's quite common in eastern european male voices sometimes almost like it's like mimicking a western sound or something he really understands how to use this here and it moves more into a gravelly chest voice as well so it i don't know, it just really works i i just i found myself sort of just staring at his mouth and hearing the sound coming out i really like the vocal i'm really you know vibing i like the vibe of the whole band on stage um they're a band you know you can you get a sense that they're 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 together i love that i'm really feeling that and and i got a sense from the lyrics it's like a lost love that was a bit too wild to be tamed so it's kind of how i expect my ex-boyfriends to think about me (laughs) 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 but look at the lyrics you
1: can you can come to
0: your own conclusion
1: (laughs) this is the song that won the jury vote actually we said we'd give you that breakdown there and um, I'm not surprised actually. It's a really solid song. Um, he's at the piano, and I wondered if that sort of, you know, is reflective of the you know the Duncan Lawrence win that kind of style of a uh, you know boy singing and um, the piano. There's something akin to the staging I think of of our arcade. There's some incongruous pyros again. There's a that sort of blast of pyros towards the end of the song and it just doesn't feel congruent with the performance even though the song is actually called Fire it just feels like a bit of a, an awkward shoehorn in of some fire
0: um, <laughs> it's a bit on the nose guys
1: <laughs> but there is there is something about this song that I really like, he, he plays the piano with some gusto and it's got that kind of melodic backing, piano backing to the singing and I was put in mind of something by Tori Amos mm. for this. It feels in very much in that style, um, although he's a male version and not quite as good as Tori Amos. But there's something of that ilk. I I wouldn't be surprised if he has been influenced by that kind of music. Um, I really quite like that piano backing to to songs. It's something. I, which has resonated with me a lot over the years. Um, and I'm a big Tori Amos fan and a big K. Bush fan. And they're, you know, very piano ballads based songs. But this is very Western. It's, got, it's a very Western It is very Western, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, for, a, you know, for a, to be in a Belarus final. I know we talk about that national flavour that's there sometimes. Certainly, you know, Ukraine showed it through most of the national final. And there is national flavour in this Um, final to come in this podcast as well but you're right this is a very western sounding song for a Belarus national final
0: and it almost won equal second
1: and it almost won and I think it would have been quite a nice song at Eurovision Mm. it is a it's a pleasant song
0: so let's talk about song four which is also the second place song and that is La 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 by Chakrath
1: What do you think? Well, this is the song that won the public vote. So you can see this is the thing. You Mm -hmm. know, the last one won the jury vote. This one won the public vote. But actually, the second place in both votes was the song that went. This is unusual. This is a kind of folk-influenced song. It's really, really interestingly done. You've got three women dressed in red, white, and blue, or certainly lit in those colours, um, standing at the back of the stage, representing the elements, perhaps fire, water, and the, the wind, or the, the the sky. And then you've got a fourth woman who is sat at the front, who is in, I guess, some, some kind of traditional costume. And she's playing a variety of instruments. So she's playing the mouth harp. She plays the flute also with some gusto, just like Jan was playing the piano with some some oomph. And it's very folky. There's a video backdrop. There's there's flames. Actually, there's flames and fire graphics. That would put Eleni Ferreira to show. <laughs> there's um, wind. There's flowers emanating from behind each singer in the video backdrop. And then there's two very bizarre... Moments in it the first is in the middle of the song when we suddenly get the woman sat at the front who breaks out into a kind of neighing braying (laughs) Braying sound it's kind of like a cross between the whinny of a horse and the bray of a donkey
0: I tell you what let me let us play that to you now this is what she does on stage
1: (laughs) just makes me laugh every time I hear it it's just so odd, um, but it's not the, it's the only strange thing in the song. By the time you get to the end, the backdrop is of a fetus, a, an embryo in in the womb, and I just I kind of think, well, is the whole thing some kind of like fertility chant, or does it have elements of that? I don't really know. It's it, it's all it's quite strange, but yet it hangs together really really well it's very challenging it's not quite what you expect i love something like this that's kind of like you know a complete curveball in the lineup and i can absolutely see why the public went for this because it is so out there it's such a bold choice it is a
0: bit of a mess it is a bit of a mess but a coherent mess i don't know i can't really put my finger on it you're right, it's challenging, but I like it. I like the use of the LEDs, like the element... It is clearly elements, you know, the colours. And even the woman, the fourth woman, is grey and earthy and uh, sitting the, on her knees and low, lowest on, on stage. So there's clearly, like, this sig- signalling going on. The animal sounds... Because there's more than just the neighing. There's, a, there's a, uh, other animal sounds which are a bit what the fuck. But... Yeah, I really like it. I don't know why I do, but I do. It felt more like anybody that has seen like a Cirque du Soleil performance. It felt like something like that. Very, you know, conceptual, high concept, often relating to Circle of Life or... The human sort of experience, so there's, there's a lot of that. So I feel like I feel like there's something like that going on, which is why, which is probably why we can connect to it in some bizarre way. I just feel like it just needed, you know, that Cirque du Soleil sort of spin on it. So someone on roller skates on bungees carrying a medicine ball, but I don't know. That's <laughs> the only thing that that's the only thing that it was missing. For me.
1: <laughs> so chakras there with La La Lay. The final song in our shortlist, if you like, is Chilli Pepper by Casey.
0: So this came fourth place in the national final and um, I can see why. I can see why it did quite well. The The lyrics are slightly odd. I kind of feel like it is a bit of a, an ESOL song, an English for Speakers of Other Languages song. I don't know how that song came to be, whether there was any English speakers writing it, but it, it, it just felt like that. And there were times where I couldn't quite understand what she was singing. But she has got lots of energy and there is an excellent dance break in the middle of this song. I always always love a dance break. She's got her dancers who are like, if you guys have been following Eurovision, Samantha Tina, she had her back in dancers or singers and they had like these leotards and and sort of like poker visors and so has Casey. Yeah, she's got these little visors on her backing dancers. It's a bit of a thing. I don't know. I don't get it, but it's there. She's dressed all in red. It's always sexy and sort of sexual. The backdrop on the background is quite clumsy, I think. There's like a chilli and then a cartoon lips and then a slot machine that hits jackpot. It's just a bit much for me. But the song itself is
1: got lots of energy and is actually quite fun. You know me with chilies and hot sauce. I love something very Mm. spicy. So I absolutely really like this. Imagine if you took Fuego and slashed the budget. I mean, by a considerable (laughs) margin. (laughs) But made it a little bit edgier. That's kind of what you might get with this song. It's trying to be a bit more straight and a bit more kind of less... Slick and polished as uh, as Fuego, but it's in that kind of ilk. I think it's the kind of song that Fuego has opened the door to at Eurovision. I like the presentation. Um, there's lots going on in the backdrop. There's a bit where it's like this Fuego logo, and it, it looks like a chicken shop logo. It looks like a cheap <laughs> fried chicken joint logo on the back of the stage. Um, but yeah, I just it's fun. It's uh, yeah. What could what more can we say about this?
0: Well it came fourth place, so there you go.
1: So there's our five. Couple of honorary mentions, because actually this was a good lineup in mm. Belarus. So we've picked five there that was the winner, and actually there's another couple of songs that we could have chucked into this mix as well. It was really good quality. One of the songs is by Aura and called Baranis Fayo. It's got this kind of bagpipey Celtic feel to it. It's more of a kind of a plain ballad once it gets going, but it's very slick and it's got quite a lot of power on the stage. She is a great singer. I mean, you know, talk about the bagpipes in there. She's got an impressive set of pipes on her as well. Absolutely. Really, really good singer. And the other song, a song called True Love by Angelika Pushnova. Now, this is If You Like Your Cheap euro pop this is the one for you i mean this is so cheap and we've heard it all before but if you like that kind of like you know banger that we do quite like this is the one it, it's not a gr- not the best example of this genre you know the lyrics are a bit dodgy her accent's not gray Her uh, diction's not gray and but there's just something quite pleasing. It's um, got a really bizarre little flirt with the camera. Um, you know, so a hand comes out from behind the oh, camera that yeah. she grabs onto, spins around. There's a little kiss to the crowd. It's very crowd-pleasing. Um, and it's, it's all sort of bedecked in green and red uh, Belarus colours. So I that was like a little subconscious mm. uh, hint to the crowd to, to pick it. The national flavour. It didn't get picked. In fact, it was sixth on the night but worth a mention and yeah if you like your cheap pop definitely you know worth a look at
0: we do like cheap cheap pop this podcast. <laughs> we do so there are songs there are selection so before we jump into what has been chosen as the belarusian cherry it's time for this
1: matt and monty's good thing, good thing of the week. week that is good it's good oh that's good that is So, our good thing of the week that is good this week is, well, we have to return to what we mentioned at the start of the show, really. The situation in Belarus at the moment. The disputed election, which everybody has condemned. It's clear that that was a rigged election by the um, incumbent president, um, Lukashenko. Now, Lukashenko has been the president of Belarus since practically... Soviet days since 1994 and uh, often thought of as the last dictatorship in Europe and it feels like there's a bit of a tipping point um, in Belarus at the moment as people really try to um, get behind uh, democracy. Lukashenko himself is no stranger to controversy and um, even um, has been known to respond to allegations of human rights abuses by saying it was better to be a dictator than be gay. Well, that's not gonna go down well with us here at Second Cherry. So our good thing of the week is not Lukashenko, but actually it's the response to the election. The fact that the Belarus people have been getting out and protesting in their masses. The fact that this does feel like a bit of a tipping point. And the Eurovision connection there is actually that a number of Eurovision artists have got behind the protest and have been lending their weight to it. So we've got Naviband, who we mentioned earlier on, my friends, who I appear in there. They've been out singing at the protests, which has been fantastic to see. Um, Val, this year's entrant, has um, they have been um, putting their, their voice behind the protests as well. We've also had Alexaev, um, who we mentioned from a couple of years ago as well, and um, the host of junior Eurovision to Belarus, the uh, TV um, presenter, Yevgeny Perlin, actually resigned from the state broadcaster in protest. So we are all for pro-democracy and our good thing of the week this week is the Eurovision artists of Belarus who are standing up in protest against their dictator. Matt and Monty's Monty's Good Thing of the Week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's
0: good, that is. Oh, we've got tingles after that, Monty. Right, so we are going to tell you what song we've selected, or the team has selected, for Belarus.
1: Our Belarus cherry is La 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 by Chakras. Ooh, hey there, (laughs) Lady La (laughs) La. Absolutely. (laughs) We were swung. Actually, this was a... We had a... four votes for this but it was unanimous because actually one of the team wasn't able to vote on this on the night but it didn't matter because we had four votes so it was a majority anyway just really swung by the uniqueness of it and the ridiculousness of it and it feels like it's a diverse addition to the lineup where you know we maybe haven't had the diversest choice from some of the countries um, but this really adds something very very unique um, to the lineup.
0: Yeah absolutely I'm really happy with this I feel like this is kind of a bit of a wild card entry into the second cherry
1: it does, but mm. doesn't it feel like that? And uh, you need to practice your whinnies and your brays, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can whinny and bray along. <laughs> you just said it at the right moments.
0: <laughs> I love it. I'm really, I'm really, really pleased with this. So we're going to wrap things up now. And so Monty. Tell people how they can contact us because we still want people to
1: talk to us. We do. They can contact us by all manner of modern means. Mm. They can tweet us at Second Cherry. They can Instagram us at Second underscore Cherry. They can Facebook us at Second Cherry Podcast. Or you can get all the good old fashioned email, which is... Hello. At
0: SecondCherry.Vision.
1: That is hello at SecondCherry.Vision. So drop us a line and who knows, we may read you. (laughs) Because reading is... Fulfilled. Oh, Uh, 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 fundamental. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So there is just one more thing before we go. And that is to tell you the country that we are going to be talking about next week.
1: Where are we going, Matt? Where are we going? We're going to jump
0: on a very... Very long flight.
1: Are we going down? We're going down. Under?
0: We're going very down <laughs> under. <laughs> we're going to Australia, guys. Well, we're not actually, but we, one day we will. But yeah, that's next week's episode. So jump on board. Come down under with us. So that leaves me to say a goodbye. And Monty? Goodbye from me. See you later.
1: Bye. Bye.